Hello, and welcome to Alive or Displeathering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Keith McLeod, and with me is my fellow host, Chris Lavender. Today on Alive or Displeathering, I'll be taking us through Morning View by Incubus. A very good day to you, Keith. How are you doing today? I am wondering if I have a chesty cough, cold, or what's wrong with me. I don't know, but I'm good. Lav, how are you? Very good, very good. It's been nice enjoying this wonderful weather in June 2021. Summer arrived, didn't it? It didn't half. What a fantastic few days of weather we've had. About bloody time, and a welcome to our listeners. Thanks for coming back. If you have came back, and if this is your first time... Welcome to the pod. Welcome. I am big shout out as well. We have listeners in Brazil, in Australia, in the US Virgin Islands. Hey, if you've come back, thanks for coming back. Uh, it's nice to know that there's someone at the other end of these. Yeah, I am. A, when 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 we discovered we had probably a single listener in Venezuela, um. I I, try, I I said Viva Venezuela. I'm not going to do that for all these countries because I'm just not going to butcher foreign languages, which really is the problem of being a native English speaker is you're too fucking lazy to learn someone else's language. But you caught me off guard there. I didn't know we were going to go through everyone. So I've not even researched people's hellos. Maybe we can do that next week. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Maybe so. Most of them are English speaking. So hello works just fine. Good day. Get eye, get eye, you Aussie buggers. <laughs> right. So anyway, let's talk some music. Is that what we're here for, or do you want to just talk shit? I mean, I think it's a bit of both. I mean, it's kind of probably fifty-fifty between us right now at the moment. We've, uh, we've we've digressed many a time. Apparently, that's the highlight for some people. The digressions. We can digress all you want. Uh, I keep. I try. I, I, I seem to steer a tight ship sometimes. So sometimes a digression is always very welcome. You're you're better at it than I am. Also, some of the things people hate about the podcast is the digressions. That's some feedback I've had as well. So, real mixed bag out there, people. Real mixed bag, but we appreciate the feedback. One bit of feedback I did get, and I'm going to throw it out there. We, me and you, have to stop with the C words. The C word is a is a line. We've got to we've got to watch it. There was one C bomb. There has only been one, and it was me calling me one. That's probably what took people by surprise. Oh. Well, you know, we can all be cunts, it's fine. <laughs> oh, clever. Very good. I'm a drummer now. Yeah, man, we are here to talk about music um, and the music we found and love growing up. And today, I am going to try and take you through pretty much one of my favourite albums of all time. I'm not going to sugarcoat this in any way. I fucking love Incubus. We've already discussed. I have an Incubus tattoo. It's on my back. It's faded as... It's very faded now, so um, maybe I need to give that a little bit of TLC. But um, yeah, Morning View just sort of stands as one of my favourite albums. And kind of, I've always came back to it over the years. You know, it's it's, it's always been in, in my, my sort of library. I will listen to it at least once or twice a year. And it's something that I had to bring to the podcast. Whether I found Incubus on Morning View or not, is a good question. I don't think I did. I think, you know, I got caught up in the whole make yourself drive, pardon me, 
sort of explosion that brought Incubus into the, the fold for a lot of people. But I think Morning View was maybe their first album that they released before I sort of, or, you know, when I knew them. And really that's what solidified my interest in Incubus. Totally. Yeah, they are one of those bands that I, I agree. I will also put them on a, you know, a rotation. They do come up by choice. You, the albums, many of the albums we've discussed so far, I have maybe forced myself to listen to, especially uh, our last episode. Uh, oh boy. The whole boy, I had to force myself through that one. But Morning View is one that I do genuinely enjoy and had and have enjoyed since, very, since I heard it for the very first time as a teenager. So this was a, it's, it's nice, it's a comfortable one. I will say my preference is for other Incubus albums. This is not my favourite. It has got some good songs on it by far. But there are better Incubus albums, I believe, that I think showcase their work in a better light. One interesting little factoid about you and Incubus that I know is Mm -hmm. I was chatting to someone who used to know you from the Livy Skate Park days. And one of their everlasting memories of you... Don't worry, it's not that. Oh, crap. Where's, Where's this going? One of their everlasting memories of you was that you used to always, or every time they saw you, wear an incubus t-shirt yeah or was it an incubus hoodie i can't remember no it was an incubus t-shirt it was red it was like i think it might it might have been from the morning view tour probably the morning view tour because i saw them in morning view sorry i my window's open we just discussed how warm it is i think i just heard thunder (laughs) no i didn't hear it yeah That'll be interesting. Um, no, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did have an Incubus T-shirt. It was just like a bright red thing. But then I was also, it was too big for me because it was like baggy skater wear. And uh, yeah, that's the thing that yeah. happened. That was just an interesting little thing. So when when you mentioned we're going to do Incubus, I was like, this is this has got to come up. I have to mention this. Um, it's very well known in our circle how much you appreciate this band. Yeah, I mean. I hope this is not a weird flex or anything, but I think I, among our friendship groups and stuff like that, I am sort of synonymous with being an Incubus fan, and I always sort of have been an Incubus fan. I will be entirely honest. I have not 100% stuck with Incubus all the way, like sort of their more recent stuff. I mean, maybe even literally to the last album, I've not engaged with fully, but I've always gone and checked stuff out. I've always, once I've sort of seen it's been released, I might be it might take me a while to get there. But I've always I've always gone to give them a listen just because I still sort of hold they still hold such a special place in my little musical heart that they're they're awesome. Wonderful. Frankly. That's what really, um really what sort of albums what what I mean I think I know where you're gonna go with this because it's you know, over the years I've seen a lot of people fall off of Incubus, so where what are your better albums if it's not Morning View for you? I I would say Make Yourself is a more I don't know, it's there might be a nostalgia thing about it, but like you've already pointed out, you've got songs like Drive and Pardon Me, and they were the songs that I first heard by Incubus and got me into Incubus. So they, they've they always got a special place. But the moment that I really, really took off to like Incubus as much as I did was when I first heard Science and how fucking bonkers it is. Because it's, it's a funk album. It's got so many elements from from what I was listening to at the time. I and mean, we've talked about some of the, the, the artists we were listening to. Linkin Park, Deftones, um, you know, Bush. 
But you, no, no. Let's clarify. You were listening to Bush. I was never listening to Bush. But anyway, listening to those bands and then listening to something like Incubus's Science, it was mind blowing, and it was really, really, you know, interesting to have that sort of funk element in metal, which hadn't really. I don't think many other bands could really claim to be as heavy as Incubus were. I suppose you had your Faith No Mores and you had chili peppers but incubus were their own brand of it which i really really liked and when you go back that far and listen to those songs and then go to morning view they're a very different band oh 100 percent, and no one can argue that i even in preparation for this went listen to morning view and then i went and listened to make yourself and then i went and listened to a cruel left and even between you know, that pivot point of Morning View from Make Yourself to A Crow Left, completely different albums. And that's where I understand a lot of people fell off of Incubus is that, you know, even their EP, Fungus Among Us, is it their EP or their first album? That no, was their, their first was album. EP, and then it got re-released as Enjoy Incubus with some selected tracks. Yeah, like, you're you're totally right. There's that sort of funk sort of crazy jazz metal fusion going on there that was solely Incubus at the time. I think they were a little bit compared to Korn early on, mostly because I think Korn sort of helped discover Incubus and took them on the Family Values tour and stuff like that. But, you know, that, that that's maybe a, a, a similarity people made in the day. I don't think that stands now. And, and, and even looking back at the sort of early stuff, you can't really compare Incubus and Korn because I think they're they're not particularly similar bands. But, you know, they kind of had that surfer dude, California vibe and they've just gotten sort of progressively... I think they've always kept that Incubus sound, but it has sort of turned into more alt-rock, more sort of not metal, yeah, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I get that, I get that. I think the the album that was the the cliff edge for me, if you want, was, was a Crow Left. After Crow Left came out... I didn't think it was a particularly bad album, but it was one that felt very different to the Incubus, the three albums of Incubus that I'd liked and enjoyed previously. And it was such, I think the, the recording or the, the, produ- the production value in Crow Left is so vastly different to what they were doing. It was, it's quite jarring when you do go to that album, like you say, that leap from Morning View to Crow Left to the Murder is a, it's a big step, and it was it was a bit too much for me at that point. And by the time that came out in two thousand and four, I want to say there uh, were two thousand. Yeah, I think it was two thousand four or two thousand three. Yeah, by that point, other music was influencing me, and that wasn't one that the sound of Crow Left wasn't the sound of the bands that I, other bands that I was listening to by that point. I think it's quite frightening how quickly. Because just in doing this podcast and actually writing it down, how quickly we went from new metal into other genres, like new metal just being that sort of gateway for us, and then we've and then how much different music we listen to in that compressed what four years, five years, it's quite quite stunning. Yeah, there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of new metal bands that I could say I still listen to. I think we've spoke about previously maybe doing like episodes where we cover individual singles and I'll come back to a butt ton of new metal in those individual singles. Not a lot of albums, not a lot of bands stuck with me out yeah. of the new new metal era. Incubus I think were 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 
initially in that new metal genre you know like i say sort of put in the same sort of camp as as corn but then you know they came out of make yourself and went into morning view and there's no way on earth i will accept anyone trying to argue that morning view is a new metal album from a new metal band totally if it, this is not new metal not even no won't have it no it's alternative <laughs> i'll take alternative metal i'll take i don't know what just, that's all I can call it is rock. It's a rock album. It's, it's kind of like, I, I, I sort of, I can accept why someone might see Incubus and think they're like a sort of American rock band or like a bit of a stadium rock band because traditionally, at, you know, when it came to Morning View, they did start doing stadium tours and filling that sort of stuff out. And they don't have, in my opinion anyway, a particularly heavy sound or a focus on being heavy. You know, Brandon's vocals are, are very clean thereafter or you know from morning view onwards there's 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 no like double kick or there's no breakdowns or or anything the the guys just sort of form and generate their own sound and it's it's not metal in in any way i'm looking at wikipedia it says they're alternative rock alternative rock also a crow left the murder came out in 2004 and i remember taking my lunch break from school because I'd passed my driver's test by this point and I drove down to uh, Livy Shopping Centre to buy it. I, I've got a couple of stories about buying albums on release date but I'm going to leave those for another day because we have digressed. Because you, Oh, already digressed. You need to start telling me. So, Morning View, when was it released? When was it released? Okay, we'll start from the start, shall we? For anyone who doesn't know, Incubus is an American rock band from Calabasas. Who else have we covered from Calabasas, Lav? P.O.D. That was episode five. Your guess is as good as mine on that one. Sounds like a sensible guess. And I'm the editor. Episode five. So they're from, uh, so yeah, check out uh, another band from from Calabasas, P.O.D. that we've covered. Calabasas, California. The band was formed in 1991 by vocalist Brandon Boyd, lead guitarist Mike Isinger. Isinger. And drummer Jose Pesalias? Pesalas. Isn't he Pesalas the second? I think so. Like, I'm sure he's got one of those cool names that is like Jose Pesalas. Pesalias? Yeah, there's an I in there that's throwing me, so I, I do apologise, Jose. But um, but he's the second, so I like that he's he's got that, you know. Yeah. So it's bit... Jose Antonio Pesalias the second. Great name. Full, Absolutely full, brilliant full name. name. Full Sunday name every time. The band's first release was in 1995, as we've said, with Fungus Among Us, followed by Science in 97. They achieved mainstream recognition with their 1990 album Make Yourself. 1999, I didn't pronounce that right, album Make Yourself, which we've also discussed. And that brings us on to their fourth release, 2001's Morning View. Pref- to preface that, that's not to say Morning View is my ultimate favourite Incubus album. I don't I don't know if I have one because like you say, science is amazing. Science, like my favourite song of science is the anti-gravity love song, Summer Romance. But there's still every other song is an absolute banger. Make yourself a banger. Crow Left, I think, is really great. I really like light grenades thereafter. And stuff. But Morning View just just has that that place in my heart. Where, where, where I love it. Can you hear the birds tweeting behind you, mate? Has can that, you hear the birds? Has that thunder gone away? The thunder has gone away. If you can hear the birds, do I need to, um, do I need to close my mate, window? If, I, if gonna... I can hear the birds in yours, I'm going to open my window because I am absolutely 
melting. Well, let's get back to nature, folks. Let's I'm get, getting I hope nature. you can enjoy. I'm getting back to nature. I'm doing it. Okay, okay. Lav is Lav is stepping away from his microphone. He's opening his window. This is beautiful. This is this is just this is live podcasting, everyone. Sorry. We're not even live. We're not even live. We're gonna edit this. We're not even gonna edit this out. You're gonna hear all of it. Ah, we, we might edit it. We might not. It'll be a wee surprise for you when I send you the. Uh, I'll find out. I send you the version. <laughs> I'll just have to find out. For everyone, you might have noticed there's a big muting sneeze in the last episode. I asked Keith to remove that. He didn't. Well, here we are. That was way too much work, mate. Who do you think I am? An editor? <laughs> Pasha. Um, right. Recorded between April and May 2001 and produced by Incubus and Scott Litt. So Scott Litt's done background work with, background work, has done other work with R.E.M. I think he's done quite a lot of R.E.M. albums before they uh, gave it the old heave-ho. Nirvana, New Order, Counting Crows, and was also the um, the director, was also the producer on Make Yourself. Yeah, he does have a, a a wee nice list of things. So he produced the single releases for Nirvana from um, the Unplugged album. Interesting. Wow. Well, that's interesting as well, because to coincide with the release of this album, uh, and we'll go on to talk about it a little bit later on, Incubus did um, a DVD where they recorded a live session in New York. So they sort of they performed a set in New York. Um, sort of very unplugged, style I'd imagine their music fits that that style well um as much as they've got a lot of electronic and and guitar distortion moments they do have some really good acoustic songs like drive mexico yeah like mexico yeah they're, they're all in there i've got a great story about mexico that you're i've i i foreshadowed all right in a previous in a previous podcast but we'll uh we'll, we'll get there we'll get there so yep i've also got here that it was mastered by um bob ludwig who was a Grammy winner with more than 1,300 artists, including Led Zeppelin, Queen, Jimi Hendrix, Brian Ferry, Paul McCartney, Nirvana, Bruce Springsteen, and Daft Punk. Oh, nice, nice. All, all credits to his name. Excellent. A little bit, a little tip bit, a little bit of the tip uh, early on, shall we say. Um, Morning View was nominated for a Grammy. Nice, I didn't know that. That's good to know. So it was getting respected outside of the normal alternative scene yeah it was um generally well considered um or, or the reception for it was was good um which we, which we can kind of discuss on later but since we're here anyway um yeah isinger along with scott Litt and david holdridge and rick will were nominated for a grammy in 2003 for best engineering of a non-classical album Alrighty, that that's so, a category <laughs> that's a category i believe you they did not win. Nora Jones did. Oh, what was her song? God, what was her song? Um, it's for her. It's for her album "Come Away with Me." Oh yeah, yeah, that was a really big, famous, popular album. So, fair enough. Good. Oh, I know good, the, good I for know Nora and a, and a team. I'm super conscious of these birds, man. How how well can you hear them? I can hear them. Right, we're not gonna have birds the whole way through. Fuck nature. Like, I'm gonna close that window. Get, give, just give me one second, dude. <laughs> You can get your sauna on. I'm just going to reach. I'm just going to reach. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's a nice closed window. I can, I can still hear it. <laughs> You've got a bird in your house, mate. No, I've got the um, I've got the vent open. Uh, don't worry about it, man. Keith is currently closing his windows. 
Is that any better? I can now hear them. They've just flown 200 miles. They're, they're outside my now window. Now you've right. got them. Oh, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I'm living with it. Right. So many digressions. Um, where were we? So, do you know where the album was recorded? Was it recorded in the same place that they recorded Make Yourself? Was that the the deal? No, not even close. Okay. The album was famously recorded, perhaps not famously if you weren't aware, uh, unless you thought this was where... Anyway, it was famously recorded in Stern House, Malibu, California. Malibu? Malibu. Is that the house California. that's in the video for Wish You Were Here? Yes. 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 So that out that that house and what I didn't realize until I sort of went back and researched this album, that house is a recording studio. They just didn't take over an Airbnb and move a recording studio into it. It you know this is before Airbnb obviously. It is a studio, so the guys got it for the sake of recording the album. But I also just said they recorded it between April and May two thousand and one. That's one month. Yeah. At most, at most, they did eight weeks to record this album. That's great. To make that this blows kind my of, mind. To make this kind of quality of album in eight weeks, that that speaks a lot for their talent. Exactly. Exactly. So that's. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna triple triple check that. Released October twenty first, twenty third, two thousand one. Recorded t- April to May two thousand one. So yeah, at most they've put eight weeks into this, which blows my mind. Now, one thing I've alluded to there is the video for Wish You Were Here. There are two versions of that video. One of them, it again, was changed after 9-11. Yeah. So the, the video that you're probably most familiar with is the one that I've mentioned there is is them sort of setting up in like a fast-paced time, time lapse, that's the word I'm looking for, in, in this house. Whereas then... There used to be scenes of them running away from fans uh, on a yeah. bridge and then leaping off the bridge. Now, it apparently had too many connotations because it's them falling into the into the water below of of people jumping from the towers and during nine eleven. So, the they made the correct decision, I believe, in this this instance to make that edit out of sort of a bit of compassion and and things for that sound for that for that visual yeah i suppose i'll I'll agree with you there on compassionate grounds it was the right move i don't particularly see the 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 connection of you know well now that i think about it now that i'm saying this out loud yeah i suppose they do use sort of slow motion effects they do use the band are jumping off of a bridge into water to get away from screaming fans it's supposed to be reminiscent of like the beatles or the monkeys or whatever and you know they're supposed to there's a making of the video on on the dvd that i watched earlier and you know you can see them jumping into a water tank and they're just sort of floating there and then they get sort of brought up by mermaids etc so all right, maybe I'll just bloody flip on that straight away and, and, and agree it was probably a, a good idea to change that. Despite that sort of video change, Wish You Were Here gained significant rotation and tried pretty well, including um, Brandon Boyd bursting his eardrum while filming it. Wow. that's There's a... Yep, all the water tank stuff. There's a shot, apparently, where um, there's a sort of headless, quote, Brandon that gets rescued that's not Brandon. He'd burst his eardrum by that point, so they had to get a body double. 
that was already on set. They were just like, dude, take your shirt off. Yeah, you look like him. Get in the water. Anyone without a shirt on that is how tall? What, six foot three can do a body of Brandon. Ooh. Um, I'm six foot three and I couldn't do a body of Brandon, so I resent that remark. Thank you very much. If anything, it was a compliment. <laughs> if it was true, it'd be a compliment. <laughs> so, yeah, they recorded it in Stern House where the band stayed for the duration of the recording and would be the last album to feature bassist Alex Kuchunik later to be replaced by Ben Kenny. So you were sort of saying there's a jump from, or there's a, there's a definite change sort of after Morning View into into Crow Left, and I think that's your that's your factor that changes. Uh, Alex left, I think he went off to do games, uh, music for games. He went and started off his own company. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, to to do soundtracks for game for gaming, and Ben Kenny, very very different style of bass player to what Alex was, or Dirk Lance, if you uh, if you're a big Incubus fan. So that, that that could be a contributing factor at least. Yeah, if he was if he was part of the songwriting process, then that's definitely going to have an impact. Changing, you know, one of the main instrumentalists of the band, they're going to have different opinions, different attitudes on things. Maybe they were less uh, able to to stop other artists within the band from from doing what they want to do. I feel like Crow Left is a is quite a guitar heavy album. Would you say a um, bit more bit more riffy? Ben Kenny, I'm not entirely sure where he came from. I, I believe he was in a band beforehand, but I'll need to double check where he came from. He uh, was a guitarist himself, okay. and came in as a bass player. He Ben Kenny does a lot of solo material, where he is a multi instrumentalist and can do just about everything. Interesting. So, yeah, there, I mean, there's there's um, on the DVD you can see um, Dirk Lance, Alex playing guitar. So he is also clearly a talented musician elsewhere, not just on bass. Yeah. I think I think the big change after that, because Alex was was a very groovy bass player. He slapped. He's he slapped in a lot of other songs Did and he, stuff like that. He slapped the bass. Yeah, slapped the bass. I don't think uh, I don't think Ben Kenny was ever that that musician, which is which is fine. We're all okay. different. Fair enough. Yeah, it, there's definitely that change in sound. That's un, unmistakable. Um, it, to me, when you put them back to back, make yourself in Morning View sound quite similar and mm-hmm. they were recorded and released very close together um i understand that it's this was their like straight off the the make yourself sort of tour they went straight into writing and recording this yeah essentially similar to what um to Lim- definitely essentially what after what Limp biscuit did um with three dollar bill and into significant other We've now got Incubus in nineteen ninety nine coming off of Make Yourself into recording Morning View. Yeah, because they must have been on some really good good wave, a good high at the end of a of a successful tour to to have that and see. Like, obviously, you get a chance to maybe have a chance to write some songs while you're on tour as well. But they've they've clearly run with it and they've made a brilliant album for it. It's as uh, as we've already kind of gone over. It's is one of one of those sounds that I can quite comfortably listen to the, these three albums from Science into um, Morning View quite comfortably. All three, Science, Make Yourself, Morning View, they, they nicely flow in together, each other. They nicely, I can see the progression. Crow Left is a hard change, hard left. I'm like, is, it, is it a hard change? I mean, it's 
yes, it's a change, but I still think Incubus are there. I still think their sounds are there. They maybe go a little bit... There's a couple more proggier elements on A Crow Left. There's, I think it's, is, is it Pistola? There's Beware uh, Criminal. Yeah, uh, it's very riff-based. I can remember it being a very riffy album, which on its own as a standalone album is is good it is a good album it's just when you go from this into that from from morning view into crow left i feel is is a is an event which like it's jarring it's a little bit jarring it's a little bit a little bit left field you don't don't see it coming but once you're in there it's okay it's just a bit of a i suppose it is just like i say as as i mentioned there i, I find that morning view and make yourself sound relatively similar and they they nicely lend to each other but then this album sounded well it just different it it will be the same lineup and obviously the same producer so so yeah you're 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 gonna maybe have some similarities there especially being recorded so closely together in that with uh, morning view being recorded in stern house stern house was on morning view drive Malibu, which later became which later became the namesake of the album. Alex Kajunik, Dirk Lance, as I've already mentioned, commented that the band had previously tried to do what tried to do that for at least the writing portion of Make Yourself, but we didn't get we didn't have enough clout at the time. When we were getting ready to write this one, we knew that we needed to get into a more creative place. The idea was to not feel as if you were driving somewhere to go to work on a record you could just get up and it was a natural extension of your day so i think to me reading that and 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 sort of going back to the album i think that's very clear we've already commented that they essentially recorded the damn thing in you know six to eight weeks you're living in a house it's a studio all your gears downstairs you're living with your band you just you just write music all day, right? That'd be so cool. I'm so jealous of that. I'd love to live that life just for six to eight weeks. Totally. I, w- I mean, I would. I, they, they could have done what Deftones did and just taken the piss and done stayed there longer. You know, played some Tony Hawk. But I think uh, I, I think it shows in in the recording and the music and, and and what they produced out of that relatively short time period. You've got a potentially timeless album that has some really great tracks on it. Definitely. Definitely. So, of all the tracks, then, which ones your which one's got a place in your heart? Which is the one that, if you've only got a you know a ten minute bus ride or a short train journey, you just you've got you've got the old Spotify out and you say, I just want something just to take me to somewhere different while I don't want to interact with humans. Which is going to be your, the song that you're going to pick first? Ooh, tough, tough question. I might even just kick it off track one, two, three. Just nice million circles, wish you were here. It's I think it's it's a great opening to the album. They're great songs. You've got that really energetic punch from, from Nice to Know You. Um Circles is, 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 is pretty beasting as well. And then it chills with, with Wish You Were Here. And then I think you get into some of the more calmer and perhaps like proggier or like you know, chilled songs of of the album, you've got Just a Phase, you've got 11 a.m., you'll get Mexico, you'll get Warning. Warning is one of my favourite songs as well. Warning's like, really good. Yeah, I like Warning a lot. The album has has these places where you can go where you can 
you can kind of have your heavier moments or you can have your sort of rockier, more upbeat moments or you can just lose your mind to aqueous transmission. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I like the end. I do like the, the ending of using aqueous transmission. It's just a nice sort of wind down. It's lovely. It's a really lovely song to listen to. It's the whole journey of the album, you know? It's like, it's practically a night out. You've got your highs, you've got some lows, and then you've just got your 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 outward journey to, to what is it? I have fallen asleep to Aqueous Transmission so many times. <laughs> I like the, the idea of, of the Are You In, very famous video of the, of the boys in a, for want of a better word, some kind of strip club type nightclub. Where people are yeah getting 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 frisky with each other, shall we say? And they, you know, it's, it's just them chilling, playing music, and it's it's a really relaxing song. I love Are You In. It's such a good, just chill. Put that on the background, and you can totally blank out from the world. So, if I was going to say, you know, that train journey, I just wanted to cut cut life out for ten or fifteen minutes. I would possibly start with Warning. And then maybe get as far as Aqueous Transmission. Because Aqueous Transmission being the type of song it is, I sort of don't mind Xing it, if if that makes any sense at all. Don't you don't need to listen to the you don't need to get to the crickets, you don't need the full seven minutes. You exactly. can just be like, you know, brim, bim, 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 bim. Thank you very brim, much. Bim, that'll stop. do. Yep, that'll do. Yeah. Great. That, that that's plenty. Um no, I get you, man. And they're they're some absolutely great picks. Like the uh, absolutely awesome song. The, the, you talk about the videos as well. There was four or five singles released from. Uh, there was five singles released from Morning View. Wish you were here. Nice to know you. And warning. Are you in? Was only released in the UK and Europe. I think I don't think that was actually released in the US. I could be totally wrong there. And then but Circles was a, vid- was a promo they release. It just as a video in, in the rest of the world. Yeah, uh, Are You In is a song by Blah Blah Blah. It was released in Europe and Australia as the fourth single from Morning View. So it wasn't actually a US release. Which, harking back to the um, the video, it's a great video. You know, the guys are all in sort of characters. Someone's a pilot, someone's like a tennis player. Then you're right, it's in a bit of a sex club. You know, there's lots <laughs> there's of women. No, there's no nice way to put it. It's it's, it's a sex yeah. club. It's, it's a yeah. A I'm pretty sure it's a sex <laughs> they're club. In a pot, there's there's in a there's swanky, very clean brothel. Yeah, there's lots of uh, women in their underwear, and the the, the 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 sort of the band are juxtaposed against like actually them and these characters, and then they're actually doing a performance piece like in the middle of the club, and then it gets to the the bridge, and then you you know the, the song sort of takes a little bit of a tonal shift, and then the band get pulled away by these women. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's their all their girlfriends at the time. That's all their partners. So the women they're kissing in the video oh, were their partners at the time. Um, but nice yeah, not even, not even a US release. Uh, and then, like I say, Circles was a bit of a, a, a last-minute promo. I was about to say, so when you saw them live, did they play all of these songs? Or were they... What, what was the, the setup there? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. The uh, the gig was in two thousand and two, so I'm sure the lineup will or the the, the set list will be online. Uh, I've not looked at it for this, but um, yeah, it was it, it was the the Morning View tour, the the Honda Civic tour, no less. 
Are you aware of of this? Uh, this sounds somewhat familiar, but I'm I'm intrigued. Did 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 Incubus get sponsored by a family car to do it? So it's. So yeah, essentially this is a thing that is, or was still going until very recently. I think 2020 was the last um, tour of it. But um, let me let me double let me. Was it the same Honda Civic? This? Was it like a 1999 Honda Civic with the flame decals and a and a VTEC upgrading I, the engine? I, I, probably with uh, some TVs in the in the bumpers outside and a. And a nice fireplace in the boot. But um, yeah, the Honda Civic Tour was an annual concert tour sponsored by American Honda Motor Company and produced by a um, marketing factory. It wasn't just America. I, If I had the ticket, I could show you. But I went to the Honda Civic Tour in Glasgow at the SECC Hall 4, which we've discussed before has been a complete echo chamber. I was, I was going to be my next question. Where was it in Glasgow? So they managed to do the SECC in 2002. That's pretty good that's that's a sizable venue yep you've got the um so the the, the tour started in 2001 with headliner blink 182 supported by some um no motive some 41 the ataris and body jar what a tour if that was coming your way in 2001 that would have been phenomenal i'd enjoy that there was a second half as well with um everclear as headliner american had american hi-fi and mayfield the mayfield four as the second half. I would be more disappointed with that one because I don't know any of them. Totally. I'd, I'd be guided. You don't know American Hi-Fi? Do I know yeah, American Hi-Fi? Yeah, they, they, they were on the American Pie 2 soundtrack, weren't they? Yeah, they absolutely Flavor were. of the Week. That was uh, their song. Hoobastank. Oh, there you go. Just give it away. Incubus toured with Hoobastank for, for, for their tour. And I think 311. On here for the American tour, it's Phantom Planet. But I think I saw Incubus 311 and Hoobastank. Fair enough. Good. Um, so, just 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 to wrap up a little bit on the Civic Tour, uh, your 2003s were your New Found Glory, your Good Charlotte, your uh, 2004 Dashboard Confessional, blah, blah, blah. Let's fast forward to, I don't know, 2016. Demi Lovato and uh, Nick Jonas, uh, 2017, One Republic. You know, the uh, it's clearly gone a bit a bit poppier in its, in its later years, but it started off as a bit of a rock tour. It, it looks like they were just cashing in on what was popular at the time. You had, you've said yourself, this was a Grammy-nominated album. This was not a small underground band or album by any stretch. This was a world-touring Grammy-nominated act. So, yeah, they were, at the time, probably of the same level as what your Demi Lovato's and Nick Jonas's are in 2016 land. So it's probably comparable, uh, but yeah, definitely a, a shift in style and tone. Yeah, no, that that's fair enough. And I think at the time, Incubus were 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 massive as well. Like we've already discussed, they were coming off of Make Yourself, Drive, just went. Just, what's what's the phrase here? Um, stratosphere. The stratosphere. Thank you. Into the stratosphere, stratospheric. So so yeah, they probably were the. the the guys to to take this tour on, um, they did quite a lot of touring. For 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 this album, to be fair, starting off in in June two thousand and one, they did a European tour with Hundred Reasons. Uh, that might have been, was that the time I saw them two thousand four? I saw them with the 
I saw them after the, the, the crawl after the murder tour. That's when I saw them live. And it is the only time I've mm. ever seen a band use half of the venue that I was going to. So the venue was the, at the time it was called the Newcastle Telewest Arena. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's gone through a couple of names. I believe, I don't know what it's called today, but it's the Metro Radio Arena was a famous name it held for a long time, which was effectively, if you can imagine the SECC, but long, a long rectangular version of it. A little bit like Wembley I used to Arena. Go to the, the the arena. Uh, I'm just trying to sort of say the arena was very much a multi-purpose arena where they would use. The, I used to go and see ice skating, um, like ice hockey games there. Disney on like ice. The, the Top Gear do loads of t- Disney on ice. All those types of things. Everything they they do come through the Metro Radio Arena. So. When I saw Inc- when I saw Incubus were playing this massive arena, I was like, "That's amazing! This is going to be such a big show." It's like, yeah, I mean, imagine thinking as a as a what sixteen year old that a band like Incubus is going to fill this huge, huge capacity stadium. They halved it, and there was no seating in the. It was no seating at all open. It was just a floor. It, may as, it was basically a floor show. For, for all intents and purposes, it was such a small... They, they literally just took the floor, moved the stage right up to the middle, and people were only on the floor, and it was a really... It was quite an empty show. And clearly they saw the the, the numbers. They, they just weren't pulling them in. And I'm, I, I suspect it is someone like Incubus. You're probably going to get fans from Glasgow going to stay in glasgow your fans from manchester and birmingham they're going to stay in those areas because they're going to be their own stadiums newcastle was probably a bit of a smaller population at the time and it just couldn't pull enough incubus fans in yeah i've kind of got a bit of a sad story when it comes to incubus and touring in the in the uk because i don't think they've been back in some time but i i originally saw incubus in 2002 like we're saying january was supported by hubistank they came back what must have been 2004, 2005, and I think this was the the, the, t- the tour you're talking about, where I again saw them uh, at SECC and, and they were touring a crow left. If I remember correctly, not a particularly busy gig either, and then they were supposed to come back, let's just say, argument's sake, it was like Grenades, you know, the next album, and they essentially cancelled the show, refunded the tickets, and as far as I'm aware... They've never came back to the UK. Goodness, something dropped off in the in the UK's incubus uh, fetish. Strange. Well, I, I, I've I've seen it as well because I've I've known people to to be avid incubus fans, and as they've not kept up with their, you know, jazz fusion metal surfer stoner kid rock. The, those people that were essentially attracted to them for that sound have not stayed with them because they just they're just not that band anymore, and that is what it is. You know, you 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 enjoy bands yeah. for 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 what they are. Yeah, I think I'm going to listen to the later albums. I'm going to listen to Light Grenades, and if not now, when? And I want to just see what's what remains. I might give them a listen later this week just to see how they how it sits because it's. It's it's interesting to note that I don't think I was alone in 
Incubus suddenly dropping off. And like you say, I was at the Crawl Left the Murder Tour as well, and it was a sudden... I, I just felt it was a really low-key event. And you got to see for yourself going from SEC for Morning View versus SEC for Crawl Left. A mere three years later, not if not two years later, and it was just a a, a much much quieter event. Really, really interesting that that happened UK wide. Not not a coincidence at all, really, um, and not surprising. They did Monuments and Melodies, which is a bit of a greatest hits, but it also has some really great like individual tracks on it. Black Heart, Black Heart, Inertia for one. Uh, I, I really like. There's a few more songs in there actually. That's a sort of standalone album, but it is also a bit of a, a greatest hits. If not now, when is a slow burn? Super duper slow burn. There's some, again, some nice songs on it. Like I say, I've I've kept with Incubus through all this time, but I'm I'm not engaged as much as I used to be. And then you've got eight, which I think is the album I've not actually given that much time to. But again, 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, they've, they've all got all got great songs on them, all got really nice music on them. That's another thing about Incubus as well for me. We've already discussed bands like Linkin Park and, and Papa Roach and Limp Bizkit. And Incubus for me, despite Muse, were one of the bands where I could say music doesn't need to be heavy. Music doesn't need to be like Screamo or Double Kicks or metal or whatever, Incubus is a band that I can appreciate that I think produce good music but can also just be nice, chill music. I mean, look at Aqua's Transition. You can kind of come in and out of that song no matter what and it is just a super, super chill song. It's got such a good lo-fi vibe to it. I love it. And now I listen to a lot of lo-fi. Like I, Only in the sort of last couple of years with, with working from home, etc. Um, not just the pandemic, I, I did it prior to that I sort of discovered lo-fi on Spotify and you can just put on a lo-fi playlist and that stuff is great in the background super super chill and like Incubus sort of took that element of their music forward as opposed to their heavier rockier moments they sort of took that lo-fi just I'm losing my words here but for lack of a better word chill vibe forward and I think they really embraced that nice nice so we've covered sort of how what the album really meant for us and wh- where we were at the time where our heads were what would you say is a band that you listen to today that you could probably say is i listen to this band because of incubus or they they led me down Ooh, the path. i don't know modern day incubus because they're so different <laughs> <laughs> i suppose so um, that and that's another thing about this band is they are so standalone for me. Okay. I don't. I don't know that they particularly influenced me into, or I can't identify at this moment in time a specific path that they sort of led me down. They've always been, you know, I I can tell you that from bands like Killswitch Engage, I went into. Uh, oh, you know, bands like Protest the Hero and stuff like that. Like I kind of that more you know, going from that metalcore element into that more technical element and stuff like that and it, it introduced me into some, some heavier music. I don't think Incubus so clearly took me anywhere other than just an appreciation for Incubus. Fair enough. 
I think for me, I was going to say, I, I suppose I could sort of cheat on that question because I would say a lot like the lo-fi stuff that I would listen to today. So there's artists like Bonobo, Tycho. That sound of Aqueous Transmissions could fit on, on one of their albums quite comfortably. And that's got a, and that's sort of where it's opened up. It opened up my eyes to that sound. Um, much like I mentioned on episode three when I did Deftones with White Pony was sort of a a, a gateway into post-metal, post-rock sort of sound. This could have been a gateway to me into more electronic-leaning music that I might not have listened to otherwise. Yeah, okay, you've, you've kind of caught me out there because I've obviously said as well that I'm a, a fan of lo-fi music as well. In, in saying that, I don't. I just listen to lo-fi playlists. I don't know any of the individual artists. I couldn't. I couldn't give you, uh, and uh, like a lo-fi artist that I listen to. Um, but I can totally see where you're coming from. And if you go check out, uh, if not now, when there's maybe those sort of vibes there as well. But for me, it, it just sort of has been an appreciation of what they were. I'm looking at the fans also like. Good. I'm looking at the fans also like from uh, from Spotify, and we've got Alien Ant oh, Farm, yeah. Perfect Circle. We've got Bush. <laughs> no, really, no way. Apparently, Bush are on there as well, so that's that's disturbed me a little bit. Well, that's link. You know what that links in with last 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 week's episode. That's brilliant. Absolutely not. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's actually quite funny. I'm laughing. I'm actually laughing at that. That's cute. <laughs> totally. So the album did pretty well. Like I'm saying. In the United States, it went two times platinum, sold two hundred two million copies. Again, that's a to go platinum once is, is a must be yep. an achievement in itself. But to go double platinum and you know there must have been such a so much momentum that they they carried through for that. That's yeah, I really think they had that. It went gold in the UK, New Zealand. It went two times platinum. Also in Australia, it went platinum. Uh, they actually recorded the video for Warning while touring Australia. That's uh, that was rec- that was they actually filmed that in Sydney. Oh, nice! That yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, my first sort of introduction to Incubus was in computer games. Uh, All right. So the first time I was actually privilege is in a snowboarding demo, snowboarding game. Was it 1080? No, it was not 1080 on the N64. That didn't have any licensed music, I don't think. It was on the PlayStation, and I just had the demo. It was like MTV Slopes or something like that. Okay. Um, so I've always had that association of like extreme sports with Incubus as well. Well, I think we said previously that Dirk Clance, Alex the Bassist, went on to do music for video games. They did a soundtrack for Halo 2. No way. Incubus did a title track for uh, Halo 2. What's that song called? I've never heard this. This is all news to well, me. Well, if you can keep if you can keep filling while I Google it, it's called Follow. Follow. Now, the thing is, I must admit, I was never an Xbox person, so I don't have... I would never, I've never played Halo more than for like 20 minutes at someone's house, so I would never have noticed a song like that. Um... Do you know the song? Is it a song that you you recognize or remember? 
Well, if we were going to do games I found and loved growing up as a child, I would have to do Halo 3. Because, like yourself, I didn't have an Xbox. I went on to 360. So I didn't hear Follow by Incubus on Halo 2 because I only played Halo 2 when it came out in the bloody remastered version. Oh, the Master Chief Collection. So no, I'm not familiar with the song. Um, okay. They've also they've done other bits and bobs. Um, they did a, a title track for the film Stealth. Oh, you know that film? yes, I do. Now, the reason I know this film is not because of the film. I haven't got a fucking clue what happens in the film. But a picture from Stealth was of a futuristic jet plane. It's basically the movie. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the movie as far as I'm aware. They're making a futuristic jet. Now, it was a prop. And someone took a picture of it and posted it in like some conspiracy theory forum, being like, "Look what the U.S. Yes. government's hiding from yes. us!" Yes, like, oh my word, no! They're on the folk underneath <laughs> that, like, it's a film. Like, imagine oh, someone man. posting the fucking aliens from Independence Day and being like, "Aliens exist, by the way. Look, I've got proof." And they just show you Will Smith punching a fucking alien. Like, it's seriously, it went, it went when something like that happens, and it really took traction in the in the um in the, the the Facebook group of like, the US government's hiding the super stealth aircraft from you and it's like, it's, it's, from, a, it's from a movie guys, get get over it so anyway, that's my that's my one and only memory of stealth I was totally not aware of that, but, but you're right it is a film where, you know there's some fighter jet AI thing and I think Jamie Foxx has to, to fight it but um, no, they did a song for that and it's called um, Make a Move, and it's a gem I even ordered the, the CD single off of eBay because I really liked it that much, and I just I just missed it being released. So um, that's that's fun. That's Good that's point. fun. eBay buys. There's there's an episode we could do. Oh yes. Now I've got two eBay buys. I've got Hate Love Tragedy by Papa Roach, and I've got this song. Really, which is is all I've got for you. I've got a couple. I've got a couple. I'll um I've mentioned it up until now, but I'll uh, I'll briefly just sort of talk about the um, Morning View Sessions, the DVD that was released with this. So, I've... do you know much about it? I, I'm aware it's sort of like a, a making of documentary that followed them around while they were making the album in, in this in this house on Morning View Drive. Kind of. The, the focus... Ooh, I can hear a dog. There was a dog. There Welcome was a dog. to the suburbs. <laughs> the... Um... The focus of the DVD is the that sort of unplugged session that that they did to to acknowledge the release of the album. They actually recorded that on the day of release, and so then the the DVD came out after. But there is a lot of sort of really bad documentary footage. It is just I don't know who the cameraman is. I'm assuming it's a, someone. I'm going to say on their staff, probably just a mate, you know, with a handheld 2001, probably mini tape camera, just, just shooting the shit, just, you know, just hanging back with the guys and just filming it. And you do get to see a bit of their life in, in this mansion, in this absolutely beautiful Malibu mansion. And it's, it's cool. It's, you know, you just get to see the guys doing their thing. Um, And there's little snippets and featurettes of, of, of what it is that they've done. But seeing that is where you see they're big into surfing, weren't they? Yeah, they're all surfers. I think. Yeah, that would be cool. But yeah, you've so you've got the um, you've got the set list where it's a bit of a it's a bit of a morning view slash 
Oh no, there's there's some there's some um, science tracks on it. But they played "Pardon Me, Stellar Glass Circles," "The Warmth Mexico Drive," "Warning," "New Skin," "Just a Phase," "Nice to Know You," and then close with "Wish You Were Here." And I've not told you my story about Mexico yet. Go on then, tell me about Mexico. I always thought that Mexico was like the little brother of Drive. It was never it never had the same grip that Drive managed to get. Drive managed to probably put Incubus in the spotlight, if I'm being perfectly honest. So Mexico was like a it feels like a sort of drive part two. What would what go on then, give me some Re- oh. give me some news on it. Well, before we go any further, you think it's Drive Part 2? Hmm. It's their attempt to put an acoustic track onto an album. Like, just put an acoustic track on. That, that, that's it. It's an acoustic track. But it's that, it's, it's but, a token acoustic track. It's the tick box exercise of a track. Well, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Maybe I'm being a bit overprotective here, but I think this song sort of stands by itself as, you know... Acoustic tracks are a thing. You don't. You don't have to. It's not a tick box exercise. You can just have acoustic tracks on an album. You can, and Incubus had one on every album. I don't think they had one on every album. They didn't have one on Science. They might not have. I'm just making that up. I'm just making you doubt yourself. Basically, Mexico to me was, and it's very similar. I find it very similar structurally to Drive, and Drive was. Well, Drive is Drive. I think Drive is probably. One of those songs that's pretty untouchable in the sense of a lot of nostalgia and things for for me anyway. But uh, Mexico, I just I don't know. I don't. I just I skip it. There's my. I'm, I'm, there we go. You've got me. You've, you've you skip, I skip Mexico. It. I skip Mexico. Yes. Well, that's sort of where I come from. Is that they are two very different songs. You're right. Drive is essentially untouchable and is their is their golden chalice, as it were. Whereas to me, Mexico stands as its as its own standalone. You know, it's a lot more sombre. It's a bit more. It's a darker sort of song. Drive has got that sort of hopeful lift to it, and Mexico is just its just its own thing. But time 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 to pull the the rabbit out of the hat, as it were. You told us what episode was it where you performed Alien Ant Farm, Smooth Criminal, as your first first gig or first first song you ever did live is that right that that is accurate yes that is it what what episode was that on now uh it would have been papa roach when we were talking about alien and farm episode two when we were talking alien yep thank you very much so full disclosure warning would be my second ever song i performed live i'm guessing mexico not warning first. sorry mexico, mexico was my I know, I know, sake. I've lost it. Jesus Mexico was was the. <laughs> how many times did I say warning when I meant Mexico? Just once, but I'm like, the fuck? Oh, yeah. Why did you say you built up this whole thing about Mexico? Oh, Mexico! There's a story I've got to tell you about Mexico. Said Keith an hour ago. Fourth sh- foreshadowing gets to it so all this big build up it's just i've got a story about mexico here's my story about mexico and the first or the second so not even the first the second song i ever performed live was and warning he fucks it. <laughs> totally fucks it or maybe so or maybe it was the first song i can't remember it was so long ago but essentially for my school talent show in 2002 i did mexico and warning <laughs> 
No, the Green Day's Drive. What is what was the Green Day acoustic song? Oh, good, good riddance. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the the story being that um, Green me and some school drive. friends. Oh man, that is a wonderful description of good riddance. Green but it drive. but it makes sense, so, right? Uh, but it do makes you like sense. drive? Do you like drive? I've got this band called Green Day. Give them a listen. You'll fucking. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, but I'm, I'm in bits. Like, you've got me. You've got me. Fuck's sake. Thank you for. I just couldn't remember the name, but I was like, oh, it's definitely drive. Yeah, the um, at school, the talent show, you know, the biggest thing that anyone could ever think of. Papa Roach thought they were going to make their career on their school talent show. They failed, and so did I. So, some school friends, we were good at, wait for it, we were going to be a Deftones cover band. Even better, you fucking hate Deftones, Keith. What are you doing? I do. This is, this is probably why I hate Deftones. Or were we going to be a Deftones cover band? We tried to do My Own Summer, and I was the vocalist, and I tried to scream my way through My Own Summer, and it was awful like it was abysmal so much so that we didn't even want to go on as a band but you know, <laughs> you, you know a couple you days made, it, it was such a bad show it made you reevaluate your life choices wow yeah at like wow. 16 i had an existential crisis at 16 there's there's an alternate timeline that i'd love to just have a peek at wouldn't that be good so a couple of days before the talent show the band all bail and shit themselves and like oh we can't do it but I knew the organisers, so they were like, well, we've got this slot. And so me and the guitarist just took a couple of days and went and learned Green Day's Drive and Mexico. <laughs> and, and that is on, that's on video somewhere. Some Someone from uh, from the then Stevenson College came and filmed it uh, for, for one of their media projects. All right. Wonder if we have some contacts. I've never seen the video. Wonder if we have some contacts who can uh, find that one. I mean, I know exactly who it was, and I could reach out to them if I wanted to, but I'm not gonna. Oh, oh well, never mind. Wow. But there you go. I remember losing my shit when you uh, when you did Smooth Criminal. So I, you know, fair's fair. I did. Um, good riddance. Fair's fair. Time of your life. And uh, Mexico. Brilliant. Yeah, good, good call. Yeah, your your song selection is ten times cooler than than my song selection was. Well done, good. Well, with me. you know, I, I I'd have given uh, old Smooth Criminal a bash at the time as well. Wow, got anything else to mention about Morning View? Are we just? I mean, I recommend if you're into this album, like definitely go check out the DVD. Um, it's it's cool just to see the guys doing their thing and having their setup. Brandon is shirtless a lot of the time, as he was sort of known to be. They did an MTV Cribs while living there. MTV came and shot Cribs. In the, in that and house. And apparently other... In, in the house that wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. The, so the guy doing the sort it of like handicam footage. Well, yeah, well, totally. Um, it wasn't everyone's house. The, um, the guy doing the handyman footage is filming MTV film the band. So you get to see that. But also other artists that used the the studio or have at least had connections to the studio are Alien Ant Farm, Black Eyed Peas and Deftones. Ah, so it's a, it is a famous manner. manner I'm not sure to what extent. Yeah, I'm not sure to what extent like Deftones actually did work there. But on YouTube, there's a trailer for the studio. You know, you can, you can search um, Stern House 
Is it Sternhaus? Did I even remember the name of the place correctly? Yeah, yeah. Morning View Drive. Thank you. Um, and you you will see a sort of trailer on on YouTube for 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 the facilities and you know what they have there. And uh, there's like this microwave, and on the microwave is our our band stickers. And from there, I could see that there was a Deftones sticker. Ah, very good, very good. Wow. Well, it's been quite so. This this album has clearly left a wonderful impact on your life. Then, Keith, that would be fair to say. Yeah, like we said, the we we spoke quite a bit about it at the beginning how how much I come back to this album almost annually. Like it's a bit of a pilgrimage just to come back and revisit Incubus for a while. There's a you know I love science, I love make yourself and and what have you, but just Morning View holds that just that top spot that I think it's 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 the apple of your eye unique unique apple of my eye the 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 what have you well after that trip down memory lane are we um are we wrapping this up any final thoughts we should wrap it up before we have any more technical difficulties yes apologies to anyone who may have noticed that things might be a bit stuttery but hey ho we persevered we have tried uh, yeah, um, life happened in the last couple of weeks and I've now moved house and this was the first time we tried to record in this new setup and turns out my Wi-Fi is shit. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come across. You know what? You'll you'll do good in the edit. I, I trust you. Absolutely. Um, no, nah, man, for me, that's that's kind of like my, my, my soul bared for, for Incubus. I will forever perpetually love this band unless... You know, they turn out to be pieces of shit, which I really hope won't be true because then I'm going to have to get a tattoo covered up. Aye. Um, Let's let's hope that never happens. Yeah, so I got got my tattoo, which is the, if we've not already said it, it's the fish from the the Morning View CD. I got the tattoo and and a friend I was in a band with at the time was like, what if they're pedos? And I'm like, foreshadowing for some things, eh? Well, yeah, hashtag me too. I was a bit concerned, to be honest. But um, no, they're, they're, they, they seem to be pretty straight up good guys. So thank fuck for that. Thank fuck indeed. Thank fuck indeed. What, um, what have we got coming up next, Lav? So yeah, next next time, I've had to, I've, I'm trying to work my, work my way through this one and thinking it through. Um, so yeah, I had a look through the names on the spreadsheet and... I'm going to take the name that is directly below Morning View. And next week, I would like us to talk about Tools Lateralis. Get your Fibonacci sequences out. That's it. Get get it all on board. Get all your shapes. Get your golden, golden ratios on. We're going to be going down that rabbit hole and we're going to listen to this wonderful piece. Now... Similar to to Keith and and Morning View, Lateralis is one that I will pilgrimage to by by annually every couple of every couple of months maybe. So I feel that it's going to be a a nice album to to lead in with that. Um, we've got a couple of things planned for the future as well. Um, not mm-hmm. going to give any any spoilers just yet, but. Please do stick around uh, as we as we continue our journey through uh, our musical tastes as teenagers. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're trying we're trying to work on a few things. We've got a few things in the pipeline potentially coming up, so um, stick around for that. 
true story about Tool. I didn't really listen to Tool until they came on Spotify. That was recently. Very recently. I mean, 2019? Very, very recently, yes. Yeah. We can discuss this, Keith. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Hopefully with a better internet connection for you. Please, please, I need that so badly. Well, I take us home, as that seems to be the... Yeah, you take, take us to the Matthews Bridge. Go for it. I'll take us to the Morning View Drive. Thanks for listening. This has been a live or just blethering. Head over to Instagram and Twitter at AOGB Podcast for all our latest updates. Next time on a live or just blethering, Lav will be taking us through Lateralis by Tool. I nearly forgot. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.